0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Legendary Poddlers. This is Jack with Even Footing Games presents Table Talk for our legendary, legendary, yes, legendary Avatar The Last Airbender-ish setting season. Now, the fun thing is, first <laughs> things
1: off, got complicated,
0: things got a little complicated. <laughs> and this episode is actually about why. And with me is, actually, we are Sans Jimmy. Oh. <gasps> And there's no. also there's also part of this episode as well. No drama there, just go no. on a minute. But I do have with me Aaron. Hey, Aaron.
1: Hey, Jack, I'm happy to be back again, second week in a row. <laughs> yep,
0: you didn't just, run me off. Nope, and just <laughs> the two of us can make it if we try. So, part of the reason for all the confusion was talked about briefly at the end of the last episode. We. Switch systems mid-campaign. This is something that does happen depending on your group. Typically, if your group is more very much like stuck on a single system, and I use the word stuck in, you know, not exactly a negative way, but if your your group is very much like Dungeons and Dragons specific or White Wolf specific, you know, then obviously you're probably going to stick with what you know. Your story isn't themed with that. We like to toy around with a lot of different systems. We like to toy around with a lot of different stories. And myself, I am a firm believer that the system helps tell the story, which I've gone through several times on Table Talks. And part of the reason what was going on with Avatar Legends is actually was made pretty clear last Table Talk. Our group is very RP heavy. We love the social interactions. We love that. The combat got kind of weird and the demands of the system through the mechanics for what was needed from the players got also kind of muddled. Main thing being, as we talked about last time, Aaron, you want to you want to touch on that since it, this was something for you oh. that was personal in regards to that.
1: So the, the game really wanted everyone to be a martial artist. And that's fine and honestly when I went into making way, Jack Talk to us all about that, that we all needed to be ready to do combat in this certain way. However, once I started role playing, Way, I decided that maybe she wasn't a fighter. Maybe she was more a strategy person. Maybe she was the kind of person who is going to be more of a support character if there's combat.
0: Which is perfectly okay.
1: It was a little hard to do in the Avatar Legends system.
0: It wasn't difficult. It was just different. Like obviously, from my perspective as a GM, and that wasn't like it, was, it would have been too hard for me to think, okay, Way is not worried about calling it something physical harm. Way is talking about, you know, strategizing or causing you know, environmental or, you know, situational, which is doable in Avatar. We're not saying it's not. It just gets awkward when, especially when, you know, the decision was made on ways on uh, Aaron's part. And it's not as if I'm, you know, like Aaron didn't tell me or anything. It's maybe Aaron just didn't realize things were going that way until it became an issue. And sometimes that happens. I've said several times, I make characters and sometimes I have an idea in my head The moment I either like a session or two, the moment like a certain moment can happen. Suddenly I'm like, no, that's not who about this character is really not who I thought they were.
1: I think that happens to all of us in game. Like we have a grand idea and then in the situation, things change and it it's just a different person than you envisioned.
0: Yeah. And again, that's not a bad thing. Granted, some systems handle it differently than others. For example, like let's throw in Dungeons and Dragons. Unless your class is different, somehow, if you're something like, well, I was a warlock, but really, I'm actually a a rogue. That's not going to happen. You know, who your character is isn't really in your sheet that much, except for the flaw and your bond and stuff that most people end up ignoring anyway. Right. But in a narrative system that is heavy about who your character is, who they are, why they do things, what motivates them, what pushes them, what drives them. Yeah, that could be a problem. And we re- we even had an issue almost right from the get-go with Team Wah. Lisa picked the icon and then was like, when she really got looking at the icon, she's like, I don't think this really fits my character. But then she ended up growing with it anyway. And it and it still worked, but it was still clear that like a lot of the playbook-specific stuff really wasn't going to apply to Team Wah all that much.
1: And it's hard when... Especially if you're new to a system, having to pick all of that that is so integral to your character before you even know how the system works can be difficult.
0: It can. Powered by the Apocalypse is a system where, yeah, the playbooks normally do a lot of that. I find Avatar to be one that is extremely extensive in it, though. Especially with like the balance. The balance has to be very specific. Like your character has to have that problem. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, or otherwise you're not using balance. Like when the first few sessions, yes, I know that I was kind of gauging the arcs to be very specific towards certain characters. But also with other characters' balances mingled in. I could not for the life of me figure out how to put in like ways too much. Ways balance. I could not think about how to do Team wise balance too much. I can create situations where I could, but at the same time, it's sort of like, do I force this? You know, like the characters are not pushing that sort of drama. Then at that point, I would be forcing that kind of drama, which in some cases could be good, could be bad. It's a gamble.
1: I also think about the balance mechanic that it is pushed as a kind of either or. Yeah. When I see the the ideas as not opposing and that can be hand in hand, yeah. you can value tradition and still want to progress the society. That was ways balance was uh, tradition versus progress. And I think that both of those were very important, helping society in general, while also safeguarding knowledge. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I didn't feel like those were in conflict with each other.
0: Yeah, and that's something that the Avatar Legends book is really awkward about, because in several places it says they are against each other, and then another place it says they are not. But then also the book talks about how you're striving for balance. Because part of the whole thing with balance is that they are what is motivating you currently. Which one of these two factors? Or is one motivating you more than the other? And yeah, in case of a situation like Way, it's sort of a why is either one of those seen as a positive or a negative over the other? And why would Wei push towards one and against the other? And it's one of those things where it's like not so obvious. Like Mayu was a bit more obvious. It was reactionary or thoughtful, essentially. Right. That's pretty easy to pull off. But at the but same time, cheese
1: even was also not very you can have unity with both of your heritage is one of your heritage. It's not like unity or heritage. Yeah. It's not like.
0: Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that kind of drive where your character was supposed to go. And, And it's being a lot of like, no, this is what your character is like. And it's, it was, it's awkward. And again, that's why we pushed, if you're playing an avatar game and you are very clear about that, everyone's a fan of avatar and everyone's jiving with the theme, pull it off easily. I think I've, I've seen it. I've done it. But if not, everyone's jiving with it, if everyone wants to do something a little different, tell a bit of their own story. That's where I think it gets muddled. And I think that's where we had a problem.
1: I think also that you will find people who are not as experienced with Powered by the Apocalypse. This is just my guess, is that people are used to being able to change their characters' ideas on a subject based on RP. Yeah, And when it is so mechanic-driven, it's hard. Um, Like, my friend makes a good point. I would want to sit on that and, and change. But instead, like, it affects my balance, and it just changed my balance. And not, it wasn't my character. It doesn't feel like my character choosing. It feels like mechanics choosing.
0: Yeah, essentially. And then you also had, we'd even do all of the different mechanics for a balance for like calling someone out, shifting balances. And it could be someone is doing it to you. Right. And it doesn't feel like you have hundred percent autonomy. We talked about why we're switching, but let's talk about what we're switching to, which legendary poddlers fun little inside behind the scenes thing. We already recorded the episode that comes after this. We already did.
1: So we have (laughs) some, some knowledge from the future,
0: some knowledge from the future. So the idea was floated at originally as the fact of like, what are we doing for combat? Because it wasn't really working, especially with Wei's character. And that is not at all blaming Aaron or Wei for that. It was the idea that
1: it's okay. It can be my fault.
0: Well, no, it was it was I the like idea being that...
1: a troublemaker. <laughs> well,
0: that's okay. Troublemaker <laughs> it is. That's your that's your playbook. Yep. We were talking about it about the fact that we also felt combat was getting kind of weird. And so we were talking about solutions of maybe pulling from other Powered by the Apocalypse, which is something I've done. I've Frankenstein Powered by the Apocalypse systems like crazy before. I've created some rapid monstrosities. And we were looking at Masks, and Masks is another game by Brendan Conway, who is the same lead author as Avatar Legends. And it has very simple mechanics. It has more of an influence system where your stats are more based on how others view you, which is interesting But then I was kind of like, look, hey, I've been kind of researching this system called Cortex. Even Footing Games is actually in development of a new system, which we've, you know, Jimmy's mentioned a few times called Potential, where it's going to be very much a plug and play type of system where we're going to have a few base settings for it, but we're also going to have us eventually a a setting breakdown where you can pick and choose mods that you wish to attach onto the game. So I've been doing a lot of research on Cortex, which is a game similar to that. And I floated, hey, how about we give this a shot?
1: And we were all thrilled to look into it, knowing that it was something akin to what we were doing with our potential system. Yeah.
0: And also, it's still RP heavy. It's not, again, the basis of like systems that kind of tell you what you can do. And that is what your basis is versus helping you tell the story of who your character is and what they're going through. Cortex was a system that was crunchier than Powered by the Apocalypse, because it has dice pools. But the fun thing is, is a lot of those dice pools are based on what your character believes, who they are, how they value their friendships. Actually, there are tons of, there's like 15 plus mods for different types of traits that you can choose to fit your story. For example, it's so easy to create, like we keep making the joke about the telenovela now, It is very easy to make a telenovela game in Cortex. It is very easy to make a Dungeons and Dragons style dungeon crawl in it. More than capable of doing horror without any homebrewing with just the stuff they give you in the core book.
1: And it is kind of it's the doing the characters in this way was a different process because it literally was sitting down and writing statements that we thought went with what our character believes yeah. on a prompt.
0: Let alone the distinctions, which is one of the only traits that the game really demands you use, which distinctions just are ways to describe your character. Like, let's take Wei, for example. Wei, what are your three distinctions? First off, we have three categories, which you can also change based on your game. I did, I chose for them to pick kindred, which is their heritage. Vocation, which is kind of what they do, and then a quirk, which is kind of more in line with their personality. So, go ahead. Which, which, what are Way's distinctions?
1: So, and then based on there were like lists of adjectives and, and oh, yeah. kind of things we could choose. So, Way is a as an Earth Nation isolationist. This is because she is from the Earth Nation. However, she is really mostly part of this this group of the library. They're in the Earth Nation, but not of it. Yeah. They feel separated from it.
0: The Wong Xie Tong library is definitely its own thing.
1: So that's what I chose, and that gave me an ability based on that.
0: Ah, the special effects. You get special effects on all these distinctions based on that. Special effects are fun little things you can activate that speak to who you are, that you can actually manipulate the mechanics of the game. So, for example, for Isolationist, Earth Nation Isolationist, what, what special effect did you get?
1: So it has to do with fellowship. And when I use my kindred, my heritage, my background distinction in a test, a contest, or a challenge, which are the three types of roles that you would do in the cortex system, I get to keep an additional effect die and grant it to another character as an asset.
0: So basically what that means is Wei creates something. Either it be encouragement, an object or something, something that can assist and not only, you know, generate it for herself, but also give it to a friend, which is something that people, you know, you normally can't do without spending like plot points and stuff, a currency that's used in this game to do cool things. And wake can do and that it, for free.
1: Yeah, it's and it and it goes a lot a long way toward being kind of more of a support in combat or in any sort of test.
0: Yeah, what's your uh, what's the other distinctions?
1: So, my vocation is I'm creative and a student that was, you know, I feel like way is her most important priority is knowledge and learning and applying that knowledge. And and so even if she were a lot older, she would be a lifetime student. She would never want to to put herself out as a teacher. She's always learning from everybody is least as much as she's teaching them.
0: That is very true. And uh, your quirk, which is your last distinction?
1: I got this one and I thought it was very appropriate because it's <laughs> called There's Always a Way, which just, you know, lets me kind of manipulate things to help out for challenges.
0: And Legendary partners I'll have you know that I... Wrote that in for her, and I purposely put in that there's always a way and spelled it out way, and she seems to have fixed that.
1: I didn't fix it, though. Really? Like, I think I think the spell check must have done that.
0: Oh! So I spelled Sorry. it out as way. There's always a way. <laughs> so... Those are the things, again, that are always in every Cortex Prime game. But there are other traits, other places to pull from for dice pools. Because, again, you're building a dice pool, so you always pick one from your distinction. Which one of these three things is motivating and shaping what Way is doing. So, for example, Earth Nation isolationist, anything related to dealing with the Earth Nation, anything to deal with, anything with being an isolationist, being that like that knowledge driven creative student, anything to do with Way's creativity, anything to do with like what Way has learned. And there's always a Way, which is Way's logic, Way's, you know, ability to build, ability to think things through and so that you need one of those three to do a roll, but now that there's the other traits, the other traits, there are like ten plus different kind of traits that the core, te- core cortex prime goes with. I picked the ones that are very much associated with Tales of Zadia. Tales of Zadia is a book, a whole setting book and rule book based on Cortex Prime. It's based on the Dragon Prince, which is also shares a lot of creators with Avatar: Last Airbender, ironically. And I chose a lot of the traits from there, but I also added a few. So I thought about what is important to our game. We've already done a few sessions, so it was actually pretty easy to work through that. I know that the players demanded we keep the attributes and we keep the attributes from Avatar. The creativity, focus, harmony, and passion. Not a problem. We did that and we just transferred over which ones were highest, which ones were lowest, and assigned the dice values as needed, which the dice values are 4 through 12. 4 being low, 12 being high, or rather 4 being not so important, and 12 being extremely important to your character. And then I realized also that we were doing a very social game about world politics and characters' thoughts and feelings on things. So obviously, values seem to be a shoo-in. So we have six values, and I wrote them in to figure out what exactly are the values of this world. I drew a lot from the Dragon Prince, but I tweaked a few. I did devotion, which is towards how the the devotion to each other. So it's basically like driven to help others or driven to help each other. Glory in it for yourself. Honor. I had to throw in honor because our beloved Zuko. Freedom. Freedom is, you know, being that free, not tied down by rules, not tied down by government or anything like that. Mastery is all about your skills and truth is all about that knowledge seeking. So real quick, way, what did what did you what's the values looking for way there?
1: So really, on obviously, truth is is her number one priority. She you know that's all about what she thinks is the most important. And I also think, based on conversations that we've had uh, in game, that I think that she doesn't think very highly of any one person. That knowledge is a product of everyone's experience together and so glory would not be a big priority so glory is her least and then with everything else being kind of there in the middle
0: yep and all of them have a statement that that is a basically an internal thought of ways thought on that value and that helps erin pick which one does she feel that way is picking from now granted sometimes values don't apply It's not a distinction. It's not 100% needed.
1: This is Dungeon Master Rick here with Hammer of the Gods. Do you enjoy Dungeons and Dragons? and epic fantasy combined with alternate history and a splash of Greek and other ancient mythologies thrown in for flavor.
0: Why do the other Olympians Earth. avoid Dionysus? Because you know, no all he does is whine. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm praying to daddy <laughs> here <yet> now. <laughs> so then you'll love Hammer of the Gods. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really
1: enjoy our show, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hampod that's h-a-m-m-p-o-d
0: so for example way what's your specialties
1: I have the the learning that I have done from the library is, you know, my training. And then I have that I'm a strategist and that I am perceptive.
0: Okay. And your assets.
1: So I have an asset that was above and beyond what, how many we would start with, because I also have the stolen paperwork from the Fire Nation and that Earth Captain that we swiped their plans So I have that, which could help me potentially if I needed to figure out stuff.
0: I'm looking at your sheet now. Why do we have that as a D6? That's a very important thing. That should be at least a 10 or even a 12, because that's what the whole entire campaign is based off of so far.
1: I'm sorry. I thought all assets were D6s.
0: (laughs) No, no. That was my mistake. I should have been more clear in regards to that. No, D6s, I mean, uh, assets can be D8s or D6s. But since this was a story one, yeah, 100%, you know, this this is important. Because fun thing with Cortex is they actually give you charts of what the dice mean for that trait and for assets d10 is something rare and important or that you are defined by and 12 is something truly unique and powerful that transcends even your innate abilities and this is a as we've made it very clear the paperwork and the blueprints they have could shape the landscape of the world also i picked something that was not from Zadia. Well, actually, real quick, real quick to retouch on specialties. Fun thing about specialties. Cortex has skills. You can select a trait called skills. And then there are like five different versions of how to do skills, including a skill tree, including D&D style skills, including a like pathway system for skills or specialties. We did specialties. It was easier.
1: I, um, I do love a good skill tree, though. I'm not Oh, gonna lie.
0: the skill tree is interesting. <laughs> Skill trees is interesting, but I thought it was a little too much. And it
1: may it, be too much for this, but I didn't know that. And so I definitely want to read <laughs> into skill trees because I think they're awesome.
0: It's it, you're building basically a dice pyramid and it's really cool, but it was not what the story was about. If we're doing something more like actually I threw a one at my friend. I said, hey, what about a game where you're all merchants or tradesmen in a town and all you're doing is working through the inner politics of. Of, the, of your town and the fact that you're all trying to compete against each other. My one friend was like, sign me up, in which case, you know, skill trees would come into that. Yeah. But, oh, but anyway, real quick before, you know, another trait that I put in because I felt that this was important to us and I called it the most dangerous trait was <laughs> the relationships trait where you get to assign a die to quantify your personal feelings on your other party members. So that way, when you're doing something with them, which you'll hear, we actually did trigger a bunch of times on the episode following this. You can actually, you know, that relationship you have with them, or at least your feelings, because it's your own personal feelings. It's not the mutual feelings. It's just your feelings. They so very you clearly,
1: Wei, Wei quantifies Mayu a lot higher than Mayu quantifies Wei.
0: That is true. If Tinwa has any say about it, that will change. But I felt that that was extremely important because I I know my crew. I know. I know our crew. We like we like that fun. We like that fun drama. So the relationships had to be. We may
1: be writing a a telenovela Degrassi esque teen drama on our own
0: which is funny because cam banks the guy who wrote this says he practically made this system with like a, a a ya feel a young adult novel feel where you especially when it comes to like he said he specifically points out the relationships one as like the one of the key ones for that we're definitely playing it. the part we're playing the part and also another thing that i picked from not zadia but from cortex prime abilities, because I wanted those techniques to be represented that we left behind. Basically, they are just fun little things that these guys can spend a resource called plot points on to do cool things that basically are just like their techniques. So for example, let's go over some of Waze, which I took from a category of, of abilities called luck in Cortex Prime, because remember, Waze is not a bender.
1: So the way we're narratively explaining this is Way changes the odds of things by working toward things in the background, right? Yep. She will look at the, the surroundings, the terrain, and be a support and try and change the odds, basically. But the things that I can do is can spend my plot points to reroll a die for a test or contest that included a hitch, which, which
0: is a hitch a one- Yep, a one with you guys. If they roll a one, that's a hitch. I can buy those and give them a plot point, but it also causes either a narrative complication or some stress, which is the mechanical version of damage, either emotional, physical, or mental.
1: So if it's a situation where I don't want any hitches, I can reroll that for a plot point. Yep, I can spend a plot point to force my opponent to reroll his highest die to, <laughs> for a test or contest. So yeah. basically... I can say Jack, no thanks. You just rolled a twelve on a d12. I don't think I like that much. You're going to need to re-roll that.
0: And I do not blame you.
1: <laughs> and basically, I can also allow another PC or major. I don't know what a GMC. Is. It's
0: it's 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 the cortex version of an NPC.
1: Okay, to re-roll their die for a tester contest. I can't let them re-roll a hitch but I can only do that for myself. I can spend a plot point to get a clue about something that's going on and I can step down and affect...
0: Oh, hold on. There's a caveat to that one. Chance upon a clue when you aren't looking for one. That is very specific.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure.
0: Think of it like passive insight or passive perception.
1: Yeah, that's true. The, the thing is, just a little, technically, don't I have to ask for it to use my plot point?
0: Well, yes, so but, but, is, but it's it. the idea that way,
1: yeah, way, way is
0: not looking for it.
1: Got it. So spend a plot point to step down an effect die. I will let Jack get into the effect dies because that sure. is more complicated than my pay grade.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay. All right, when you're rolling, you're building that dice pool, that lovely dice pool. And you're rolling against a total that I made as well. And so for the totals, you roll the die and you pick two dice that you rolled and you're looking at the numerical value that you rolled, the amount that, you know, shows up on your pretty on the pretty little top of your die or bottom if you have one of those d4s that puts the number at the bottom. She's shaking her head at me. She's like, "Now, forget those dice." <laughs> D fours uh, so
1: are
0: the worst. D fours are the worst.
1: If you well, step this- on them, it's all over.
0: <laughs> yep, hospital. So you get to add two of those to compete against two of mine. Who's higher? Beat my total, you succeed. Don't beat my total, and I, again, the keyword is beat. If you are less or meet, you lose.
1: Basically, like armor class that goes to the defender. You have yeah. to. You have to score over it to. To hit.
0: Essentially. But you also get to choose another die that you did not use for your total as your effect die. And your effect die says how well you did the thing. Or if you're applying a status or stress, what how heavy is that stress? And that you look at the side of the dice. Not what you rolled, but the side of it. So it adds a fun little bit of flavor to it firm for the rolling, in my opinion, because I kind of like the idea that, hey, I rolled really well on my highest die on a d12 my d10 i rolled okay the eight i rolled okay the six i also rolled really well and you're like well obviously i want to pick the 12 and the six because they were my two highest but i'd really like that 12 to be my effect die to show that i did the best that i could possibly do it so you got to look at your other dice and be like okay can i still beat the total the opposing total with if i go lower than than the highest number i could possibly get so it has a fun little thing, but I think not everybody is keen on that. Because also there are fun mechanics you can do about stepping up the effect die with like if you get a heroic dice or heroic success, which is you beat my total by five. And you know, I understand why that can be exhausting to, to go through and to think about. But funny thing about Cortex, there are mods that say, Hey, are you not a fan of that? That's cool. We understand. Here's a mod and here's how to explain. Here's how you work. No effect die. And that's it. They tell you literally how to do it. And
1: everything's basically pass fail.
0: Yeah, everything's pass fail. And you just explain the narrative of the effect die or you just ignore the effect die. You don't have that fun little, you know, mental gymnastics about what do I want to do about it. Anything that would increase your effect die. Just basically you just everyone does a blank D, D6 for any type of stress or anything. And it just means that, hey, if you did something that would bump up the effect die, it just means it bumps up to a D8. That's it. No crazy, you know, effect die. But the system is like, hey, if that's not your thing, that's cool. We got you covered. And that's almost for every mechanic in this game, except for the concept of a dice pool. Everything else is hundred percent like, hey, you want hit points, D D style hit points? But done. Here's a mod. Do you want City of Misty style statuses? Done. Do you want what we got, which is stresses, which is five categories of afraid, anger, insecure, exhausted, and injured? Done. Or you can change those to whatever you want. Cortex doesn't care. But they give you the tools to be like, okay, if something doesn't feel right, don't worry, we got you.
1: Which And is cool. so obviously, yeah. So obviously, it's very appealing to us as... I mean, our game is not exactly the same at all, but we are trying to do different mechanics for different games at this point, where some games will have some things and other games won't. It was something we were very interested in learning more about.
0: It's already been mentioned. Legacy Drive is our next project. So we're really focusing on what are the core, what kind of story do we want to help you tell Because here at Even Food Games, we want you to play games you'll get a kick out of. It's amazing. I love that. Great, great
1: great use of that slogan there, Jack.
0: Yeah, thank you. We only just established this thing.
1: Well, it's actually been on the website for about almost a year, but you know.
0: Whoops. I work here. Why do I need to look at the website? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, But yeah, we're looking to do the same. So this is also why we switched to Cortex. Because it's just to try that out and see what that looks like. Like for example, after the first session, I'm already considering other mods. It's not going to change the game drastically, but I've already got some opinions from the players about what they think. Maybe they're like, okay, maybe we might want to look at this in the future. I'm going to try it for a bit more and see what we think for certain things, and I can easily mod it to fit what our crew wants.
1: I think that there's another interesting point. Perhaps you are a nerd like us and like learning new game types, and you don't want to abandon your current game, this is one where you could learn new mechanics and still tell the same sort of story you were probably telling before.
0: Yeah, which is one of my big things, because I am known in certain circles to be like, hey, guys, check this out. But we're in the middle of a campaign. Yeah, but guys, check out the system. Okay, but we're in the middle of a game. Can can we try it somehow? I'm like, can we do a one shot? Can not we maybe... I mean, you know, try it in some way. And so the fact that this is a system where I don't have to do that anymore. I can actually just sit there and be like, Okay, well, here's a fun mechanic. Let's try that out. I feel like it fits what we're doing. Or even if I find a mechanic from another game, I could probably make it for Cortex.
1: That's I can make something similar. I've already especially if you find that you need to add something to your game. There's a piece missing.
0: Yeah. Well, again, the core thing is the dice pool. If you have to be okay with the dice pool, other than that, everything else is multiple. Also, I will give a shout out to the cortex community. They are a great community. I've been asking tons of questions on their discord. I've been talking to the actual developers. I've been caught talking to cam banks. They give me tons of advice. They help me like, actually, they help me shape some of the Avatar game. They're really excited to hear about how this is going and how, you know, what we're doing. Also, my Turtles game. They're like, why is there a Turtles game being played and I'm not in it?
1: And I mean, like, I Sorry. feel like fair, lots of people are feeling that way. Every time you talk about it, I feel like probably somebody's like, and why do, am I not playing this game?
0: Which actually, real quick, one cool thing about Catalyst, uh, Catalysts Catalysts. Cortex, which I will say, that is, we knew at the end of last session that we were doing Cortex, and that is part of the reason why Ren is the way Ren is because Ren, I wanted to try the catalyst system. Uh, You'll explain me, you'll have me explain in the next episode because I think Lee specifically asks about it. He is basically an NPC that is considered important, he is important to your journey, he can help shape the story. And also you guys can help shape him. So he has basically half a character sheet, like he shares a lot of the same traits as you guys, but attributes, he doesn't have that. He has a catalyst die, which you guys can actually affect based on how much you interact with him and how much he starts to matter to you guys and how much, you know, you matter to him. So the more important he becomes, the higher that die gets.
1: Jack, after having played this session, though, what happens if we scare him away?
0: <laughs> Spoilers.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything more than um, I'm just I mean, I'm just wondering if we can run him off. I mean, narratively, we, we try.
0: <laughs> narratively, narratively, if you guys run him off, I don't need a mechanic. You just don't have a catalyst then. But catalysts also work for big bads because part of the whole thing is that die, that catalyst die. When that builds up to 12 and if it jumps up one more, I get a free narrative awesome moment with that catalyst. So for example, I feel
1: like if you were doing an avatar game, that's it like it's kind of like first and second season zuko almost.
0: Yeah, definitely. I would also say it is season 3 Suki. Okay. Where Suki is there, She's not really important, but she does shape things. But occasionally she gets really cool moments. Yeah. And that would be her catalyst die getting up there. And then the catalyst die gets up there. She does something amazing. And then the catalyst die drops back down to relegate me from making them doing cool things all the time. Right. And the same thing goes for a bad guy. So if you guys are encountering a bad guy and I have my catalyst die pop, I get to make something happen in his favor, his or her favor where let's say they could leave. They could magically teleport away or something. You know, there's actually mechanics behind building up to those moments. And I really like that. Granted I didn't explain all that during the episode, but that was something that is now attached to Ren.
1: The other thing is we will get more into the mechanics of this in our rules talks from here on out. Yeah. While we, we do, we've gone over a while lot. we finish the rest of this season.
0: I'm trying to think of the next next topic. If anything, I think plot points Probably oh, plot points, because plot points are something that the players strive for and something because, OK, I've already run a couple sessions of this, of Cortex in a lot of different games, and the players didn't so much grasp the plot points. And they're like, you're rolling really well. I can't do a single thing about it. I'm like, plot points, plot points, you can affect my role or you can affect your own rolls and your own dice pool, your own effect die. You can do all of that with
1: I feel like. Points. Plot points are very similar to how Babies and Broadswords treats cookies.
0: Yes. They In a way, use, yes.
1: It's it's almost like currency for your character because yep. it's how you do things. Actually, um,
0: it's basically nailed it. I didn't even think about that. That is is almost one-to-one on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, we also use it as an actual currency for trading things. But I think, honestly, you could probably also do that if you wanted to mod it in this way, yeah. but it's like money.
0: <laughs> you know, I will say that Cortex doesn't really have a money system. Surprisingly, it does have a resource system, which I guess could act as a currency system. Yeah. And now that I think about it, it really could. Yeah. i will get into that. Again, this is, this is the thing about the system. I can, th- I can be like, huh, I can, I can work that <laughs> or I can go ask on the discord again. They're very really nice there. But so, but you know who else is nice on their discord? We are. Mm. We, we are, are so rude. nice. Come say hi.
1: Somebody, somebody recently joined our Discord and they were like, Some- everybody said hi to me so fast.
0: And that was the first <laughs> we one. Like, I was like, yeah. hi.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, we try. We try to be very nice right away. Come join our Discord. Play games with us
0: yeah become a, a patron where we actually play games with our patrons on occasion you know yeah. uh, we're actually looking to do monthly games with our patrons in fact starting well depending it's on the time august. of this recording yeah um in august i will be doing the first one where i will be running masks and also i mean i've gotten permission to maybe run a cortex game but it'd be a it'd be a very much of a uh like a Anybody can one. jump in. <laughs> Anyone can jump in. Patrons, patrons get first grabs. If you if you like, if you like hearing us, you're like, man, I wish I could play with them. You can. And also when we get playtesting uh, potential, patrons get first dips.
1: Yeah. And actually, where did a lot of our playtesters who are currently playtesting in our potential game? They're just uh, dis- discord members. I don't think they're even all patrons. They're just. Yeah. People who are in the Discord who said, yes, I want to I want to play test.
0: And funny enough, I'm actually a player in our official play test. So they're getting, the, they're getting to the play with me if you if you have any that you value that at all. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, And, and Jimmy. Jimmy is the one. Ho- Jimmy's the one hosting and also designing the system, as you probably have guessed from our previous table talks.
1: Yeah, we also we have a new team member, Mike, who is also playtesting as well.
0: Yep. And also he's going to be very uh, active on streaming and which we're going to try to do a lot more of both, you know, tabletop gaming wise, video game wise, even just, you know, watching us all goof off and play like Jackbox or something together. So thank you all for joining us. We value each and every one of you, your opinions, your thoughts, your love, your criticism. We love and value all of it. Please come in and share any of that with us. Come in, we're pretty nice. that up us on Discord, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, pretty much anywhere their social media. We're probably on it more well, than likely. We don't
1: do TikTok very well. We've got a TikTok, uh, but we don't do it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> don't I, I, judge I'm not, us. I'm we're sorry. old. <laughs> yeah, most most of us are uh, are past the age of TikTokking. But again. Thank you all. This is Jack.
1: This is Aaron. We're trying to make a game that everyone will get a kick out of. Gotta keep those kicks coming.